Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Seton, what if I told you there's a bacon, then there's number one thick cut, tastes like a touchdown in your mouth bacon? You must be talking about Wright brand bacon because mm-hmm. they are not playing when it comes to the premium quality of their bacon. It's thick cut, hand trimmed, and real wood smoke. Real. And you can tell. So why settle for average bacon when you can have the real stuff? That's right. And if you're looking to upgrade any meal, any meal, try Wright brand bacon. That's called Wright brand bacon. You won't regret it. Experience bacon the right way. You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome to the program. It's hour one on this Wednesday. Dan and the Dan and Dan Patrick Show. Come on in, stay a while. Everybody's here, including Fritzy. Poll question, play of the day, stat of the day, all of that forthcoming. Greg Olson, NFL and Fox analyst, former Pro Bowl tight end. Also, Jim Jackson, former NBA guard. We'll stop by as well. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Good morning. If you're watching on Peacock, thank you for downloading the app and our radio affiliates around the country. iHeartRadio, Fox Sports Radio, and now 400 cities around America that carry this program. 11 days until the Super Bowl. It's interesting that it's going to be a great matchup, but it's a Super Bowl that I don't think anybody was hoping for. Outside of San Francisco and Kansas City. You know, we were looking for the Lions or the Buffalo Bills getting there. There were storylines with other teams that were more interesting. Kansas City, man, they got Mahomes. Never bet against Mahomes. Niners, yeah, we expected them to be here. Number one seed in the NFC. But they've met before, and I think because of that, we're like, yeah, how many times do these two teams play each other? It just... It doesn't have that angle yet. It might, but the game itself, I think, will be great. It, and it probably be the matchup of the two best teams in the NFL. And that's what you want on Super Bowl Sunday. But I think leading up to it, you know, you like those storylines. You know, who's the underdog here? Is Kansas City, like, truly an underdog? <laughs> it's hard for me to go, man, Mahomes, he's going to play up the underdog role here. I, I, I can't wait until he talks to the media. Yeah, nobody thought we would be here, which is true to a certain degree. They were underdog against Buffalo, underdog against the Ravens, and here they are an underdog in the Super Bowl. All right, we'll come up with a, a poll question today, stat of the day as well. Operator Tyler standing by to take your phone calls. I'm watching all these numbers in the NBA, and yes, I'm one of those get-off-my-lawn guys, but 
you start to, it's almost like, oh, he only had 43. Oh, he only had 37. Like, it's weird. You start to look at these numbers. Steph Curry had 37, and uh, the Warriors went over the 76ers. So that's 83 points in his last two games. Most productive two-game span of his career. Okay. Uh, Jalen Brunson has scored 30 or more points in 18 games this year. That's the most by a Nick through the first 48 games since uh, Dick Barnett. It matches Bernard King. There's no, I don't think there's any scoring night with a team or a player where you go, okay. Or, oh my God, like Luca goes for 73 and I go, yeah, he could have had 80. (laughs) I don't know when it changed because every generation talks about their generation as, oh, man, you wouldn't get away with that when we were playing. I mean, these guys nowadays think, man, these guys get away with murder on defense. You know, they're pushing us around. They they got tough guys there. No, no, you don't. But go back to the 80s, go back to the 70s, go back to the 60s. The game was played differently. And I think, you know, you can do the get off my lawn because oh, back in my day, you know, they would uh, knock you to the floor, which they would. And uh, even when we were talking about, you know, we talked to Jamal Crawford yesterday, one of the great scorers in NBA. And he said, you know, you can't put your hands on anybody. Back then, you could put your hands and your legs, your entire body on people. And that was just part of the game. But I'm looking at these numbers. And the reason why I think I'm bringing this up is Jason Kidd was talking about Luka Doncic. And uh, he had this to say yesterday, yesterday comparing Luka to Dirk Nowitzki. I've said this uh, before, and I'll say it, you know, for as long as I'm here, is you can't take this young man for granted. Um, he's better than Dirk. Uh, he's in the in the in the atmosphere of MJ, uh, the best to ever do it, LeBron, uh, Kobe, um, and so just to appreciate what uh, this young man's doing at the age of 24 is uh, something that Dallas has never seen, um, and and I've said this uh, internally. He is better than Dirk. Uh, he does things that Dirk could never do. And now it's, you know, the opportunity of getting the right people around him to, to ultimately win a championship. You just said two times that Luka is better than Dirk. Dirk won a title and in, had been to two. Do you feel comfortable saying that on a guy that has not made the even made the finals yet? Yeah. Uh, MJ is the same way. MJ didn't make it until his 30s. Uh, this young man is 24 and is breaking all the records uh, that stand in front of him. Um, and he's a winner. And uh, his ultimate goal is to, to to win a championship. And he, he will get there, not just, you know, win one, but he will win multiple uh, when it's all said and done. All right. That's the Mavs head coach, Jason Kidd. And it's courtesy of uh, 97-1, The Freak. I understand head coach compliments his player. Don't put him in there with Michael Jordan. Don't put him in there with Kobe. Be fair to him. Now, you can say similar start to Michael Jordan's career, but of course you can't put him in that category until he wins something, gets to an NBA Finals. You can't put him in there with LeBron. LeBron took a horrible Cleveland team to the Finals. Luca is a wonderful talent, and Jason Kidd says, well, don't take him for granted. It almost feels like Dallas is taking him for granted because here you have this transcendent player. Are you surrounding him with the right talent to be able to win a championship? Because 
at some point, you know, now we start to put the heat on him just like Joel Embiid, like we did Giannis, like we did the Joker. Hey, uh, how about we uh, play for a championship here? If you want to put them in that category, first of all, if he's just saying scoring, okay, I get that. Um, because he doesn't play any defense. And, you know, Kobe played defense. Mike played defense. Uh, LeBron used to play a lot of defense, or at least come up with a lot of steals. But, I mean, you're, you're adding even more pressure to him by saying all these nice things about him. He's a wonderful talent. But, you know, do I want him to focus on winning a championship? And what does that mean? Because Michael Jordan was a scoring machine, averaging 37 a game. And what happened? They eventually said to him, you know, maybe we need to surround you with some talent here. Yeah. And Mike deferred his, you know, I mean, he took less money in his salary. I think at one point he was the fifth or sixth highest paid Chicago Bull. And they went out and got talent. And Jerry Krause did a wonderful job in bringing in players, the right players, role players. If Mike doesn't win a title, Mike's like Allen Iverson. Like, man, was he awesome. Vince Carter, Dominique, winning a championship is what changes people in how they view you. I mean, Mike may not feel different winning championships as he did putting up, you know, 63 on the Celtics, but our image of him changed. If Bill Russell doesn't win 11 titles, if he wins one, he's not a top 10, 15 player, but he won. He's the greatest winner of all time. I mean, that's the magic elixir. Luka is just a great scorer. That, I mean, ball dominant where it doesn't matter how many times you shoot, doesn't matter how many threes you take, doesn't matter how many turnovers you have. Today's game is about volume. Hey, I put up 50. I mean, I'm surprised that we don't have it on a nightly basis now where somebody puts up 50. And it used to be when you got to 50, it was like, damn, did you see who had 50? Now it's like, oh, 50? Oh, okay. Yeah, how about 60 and 20 rebounds? Okay, all right, that's pretty good. These are, these are like video game numbers that these guys are putting up. But for Jason Kidd to say that about Luke, uh, and look, I don't know if you need to bring in Dirk in here, that he's better than Dirk. Dirk won a title. Dirk got to two NBA finals. I'm going to take Dirk over Luka. Certainly, if I'm taking Lucas, you know, the resume that he has now, I'm taking Dirk. Now, Luca, when he's 30, what do you have on your resume? That's what I would be curious here. Or is he a guy who's not going to be winning a championship? And maybe that'll be some of his fault, but maybe it'll be the fault of the Mavs and what they surround him with. Remember, like Jalen Brunson and Luca, man, I like that a lot. They let Jalen Brunson go, like, Kyrie, Kyrie's in and out. You know, can you bank on him as wonderful as he is? I mean, Kyrie at least has the title and hit the game-winning shot, but I keep waiting for Luka to graduate to Joker status, Giannis status. Uh, Joel Embiid has got to get there, and Embiid hurt his knee last night. Yeah, Pauline. If you want to compare Luka Doncic to Dirk Nowitzki, you have to be give perspective to it. Luka takes way more shots at the same age. Luka Doncic this year is averaging 34 points and 8 rebounds. Mm -hmm. And he takes 24 shots a game. 
10 threes a game. Dirk Davitsky at the same age, averaged 25 points a game. He took 18 shots a game. That's six fewer. He took five threes a game. That's half the amount. Once you put those numbers together, if Dirk Davitsky took 24 shots and 10 threes, he'd average 36 a game. Doncic is 35. Yeah. He would actually have a point more. So it's volume. Yeah. It's about volume and ball dominancy. And also, you got to be fair to, to Dirk. Dirk changed the big man, uh, you know, more so than probably any other big man with being able to go out to the three point line. Being able to post up, he had the signature, you know, turnaround jumper with his leg up right near your, you know, sternum. Um, I I know Jason Kidd went overboard with Luca, but I don't I don't know if you needed to. I mean, you can say, look, you know, he's he's there, he's starting out the way Mike did, scoring a lot of points. Now we got to do what the Bulls did for Michael Jordan, and that is surround him with the right players and make sure that we compete for a championship. Yes, Mark. Did Jason Kidd mean he's more talented? Because you could say that about Jerry Rice and Randy Moss. He's not better. Like, Moss isn't better than Jerry Rice, but he's more talented. Is that what he's saying there? Because, like, the resume, you got to do some more to be in Dirk's category. I would think so. Uh, You know, Luka is a, you know, obviously a better passer. Rebounding, he's sort of right there. I mean, he's averaging close to a triple-double. He's averaging like, you know, nine rebounds, nine assists, some, you know, somewhere in there. And, and he makes it look easy. I was just surprised that he, when you bring up Michael Jordan, <laughs> you immediately have people going, wait, what? And you put in Kobe in there and LeBron, he's not in their category. Not yet. Doesn't mean he won't. But I think we get caught up sometimes with, you know, right now. I mean, Dirk was a great player for a long time. Yeah, Pauline. When Michael Jordan was 24 years old, he averaged 37 points a game without hitting any threes. He made 11 threes in 82 games. Brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. Nothing says I love you quite like tailgate moonshine. Just in time for Valentine's Day. Salted caramel and peppermint bark. And uh, you'll love it. Available now at danpatrick.com. First hour brought to you by our home away from home. Next week, Las Vegas, the city where spectacle and celebration are woven into the fabric of that community. Las Vegas, where conventional challenged, unexpected embraced, It's not just celebrating, it's celebrating with an edge. I do love arguing generations, even though it's not fair to argue generations. Just like with quarterbacks, if I looked at what you were required, asked to do, a quarterback back in the 60s or 70s, you'd go, wait, that was for a game? He threw that many yards? No? Oh, Wait, is that first half? No, 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 an entire game. You know, threw the ball 14 times, you know, completed nine, and they ended up winning. You were just asked to do different things back then. Or basketball, what you were asked to do back in the 60s or 70s, 80s, 90s. Today's game is different. Everybody has followed the uh, philosophy of the NFL. More scoring, more scoring, more scoring. NHL you got all these great offensive weapons. We need more scoring in there. Football, got to have more scoring in there. Baseball, got to have more runs, more home runs. And basketball's the same. 
How do we get more offense? I think the NBA has a scoring problem. I do. Scoring too much. Yeah, Seton. In today's game, is it easier to get to the hoop or hit a three? I would say both. Because the the floor is spread. You should be able to get to the hoop. Right. If you Because they're not double teaming you. That's why that Jordan number to me is like, doesn't mean anything. Like, he averaged 37 without hitting any threes. It's like, yeah, if you could pick 50 players right now in the NBA who could do that if they stopped taking threes and just got to the hoop. Yeah, I keep wondering, but everybody is in love with the three. That's not changing anytime soon. Right. When, where half of your shots are threes. Sometimes more than that. I mean, certain players are like, ooh, icky. I don't want to shoot a two. I'm going to shoot a three. Yes. <laughs> Mid-range, ill. Yeah. Um, was Michael Jordan, LeBron, as far as anybody playing his position, nobody was as fast as he was? Because all those early highlights, I told you, pre-rings Jordan was so impressive. It seemed like he was getting to the hoop at will. Sorry, Danny Ainge isn't staying in front of me. You know, Adrian Dantley isn't staying in front of me, whoever that is. Was he like that level of athlete? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. The NBA hadn't seen that. No, they, they hadn't. Having seen that in person, his uh, his rookie year, and you could tell by the guys who were guarding him or in the game, like they were entertained. Now they would probably deny that, but you just watched, and they would be like talking to each other, like, "Oh my god!" You know, you didn't want to give credit to him because back then it was like, "All oh, this rookie's coming in. Oh, he's going to have his own shoe. Who's he think he is?" You know, this was when the NBA was tough. And Mike took a beating. You know, you know, nowadays it'd be like the NBA would go out of its way to kind of put, you know, foam padding every time Mike fell. Yeah, have somebody to slide it in there so whenever he fell. Yeah, Paulie. I've got Michael Jordan's rookie game log with the Bulls. By the way, his first seven games were not sellouts. They didn't, it wasn't a big deal. His third game of his career, he had 37 points without taking a three. He didn't take a three until the second month of his career. It was not even a, a concept shot for non-specialists back then. And I wonder, though, if he would have bought into the three now if he's Air Jordan. Because Air Jordan was about attacking the hoop and dunking on people. Uh, Bird would have taken far more threes. I mean, Reggie Miller in today's NBA. His, his ability, Peja Stojakovic. I mean, there's so many guys. If you gave them the green light. It was almost like an emergency shot. Hey, uh, all else fails if you got to take the three. Now your strategy is get the three. How do we get more threes? Yeah, Marv. Our guest coming up, Jim Jackson, that dude would have been a bucket, get, even more so than he already was. Like, well, you know what? I think I'm going to score 60 tonight because yeah. he was that level of shooting guard. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Paulie Fusco here with Tony Fusco. Yo. Of course, you know us as the host of the number one rated show in all of sports talk, the Paulie and Tony Fusco Show. Yeah. Now, the suits at Fox Sports Radio gave us this airtime because they wanted us to tell you how great our show is. Why? Yeah, instead of us doing that, let's just let our millions of fans do the talking. Yeah, play the tape. You don't know crap about sports. Why am I even on this crap? Whoa, 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 whoa. That's the wrong tape. Wrong tape. Just forget that. Look, listen to the Paulie and Tony Fusco Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. Like, a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app, like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on, or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS, all in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. He's the man of the hour. He's Greg Olson, Fox NFL analyst for the second straight year. DiGiorno is giving fans a chance to win free pizza. The kicker doinks at any point in the Super Bowl. Uh, Kevin and Greg will team up with DiGiorno to uh, celebrate the all-pro combo of pizza and football and discuss the big game's unpredictable outcomes. And uh, for more on this, special discounts. Uh, to enter for a chance to win, go to DiGiornoDoinks.com. Greg Olson joining us on the program. Greg, good to have you back. Uh, let me go back to the uh, fourth down call by the Lions. And you said they disguised their coverage. The Niners disguised their coverage on Jared Goff. When do you realize this and how that's going to affect the play and what you're going to say on TV? Yeah, so what happened was, so what a lot of teams do is they use their backs to their tight ends and they put them in unconventional formations where maybe they're outside the receiver or they're in the slot and they they want to get tells. So what happened there early and when we came back and showed the replay is Drake Greenlaw was walked on Jameer Gibbs. He was, he was the furthest receiver out to the right. So that was the man tell for Jared Goff. So you see Goff, he brings Gibbs in from being out wide to put him back in the backfield next to him in the gun. And then Goff gives the hand signal or the check or whatever the play is going to be. So you'll see Greenlaw comes back in with him. So it looks, again, that's a man tell, you know, a lot of the times. And give credit to San Francisco and Wilkes. They ended up just zoning it out. They ended up just shelling it out. And they're running mesh, you know, which is like guys crossing each other, like running shallow drags, trying to run interference and run their mans and, you know, run their man coverage into each other. And um, 
they were running a man type concept against what ended up looking like man, but playing like zone. And that's why Goff had nowhere to go early. He tried to flush and get it late down the field to Amon Ross St. Brown and was just off balance and didn't get enough on it. So those are critical moments in the game, right? That's the chess match back and forth, pre-snap tells, post-snap tells. Um, and in that critical moment, they San Francisco got the stop they needed. Yeah, and you did a great job in seeing it and saying it because you got to do it quickly. Play happens now what happened. Do you watch on the monitor or do you watch onto the field? Yeah, so my process is, so I have two monitors. So I have my Telestrator, which is like the production. That's what everyone sees on their TV at home, right? That's, I have no bearing on that. That just is just a copy of whatever's being broadcast into, you know, into the homes. I have a Sky Cam, which is like, you know, the cable cam behind the quarterback. So I have that monitor and then I have an all 22. But those are all on delays. So they're on about a four second delay from what's actually happening on the field. So I watch it live on the field which in essence is like an all 22, like, you know, from above. And then I see it. And then by the time Kevin is done with his call, I can then either go to the all 22 or the sky based on what I want to see. And then I can either confirm, I can finalize numbers, get my, make sure what I saw live is actually what I see. And then by the time it's on my telestrator, by the time it's, you know, Kevin is done and I got to jump in to talk, I have a pretty good sense. I saw it live. I saw it on a quick little four second delay. So I'm pretty certain that what I'm going to say is what happened and doesn't always play out that way. But that's the, you know, that's the method that I've developed in the booth the last couple of years. And, and it's helped me just make sure what I say I'm confident is what really happened. And players will talk about the game slows down when you play the game. Like after a couple of years, you eventually see it differently. Quarterbacks talk about it. It slows down a little bit as a broadcaster. Did it slow down for you where it became easier? Oh, absolutely. You know, in the, my, my first year, I, I think I, I always joke now with, with, our, with our producer, um, Z, I always say, like, um, when I first started doing this, I only had, like, a couple camera angles, and it was probably for the best. You know, I, they probably had more. They just didn't want to overwhelm me. So my replays were, you know, behind the defense, behind the offense, every once in a while an all 22, like, from above, or just, like, an ISO shot. It's just, all right, it's going to be on – you know, CD Lamb, or it's going to be on, you know, whoever. That was it. And I would just do my telestrations and do my, but then when I, as I kept going, I realized, oh my God, there's a million more cameras and you just get more comfortable. You get more fluid. Hey, whatever they throw up on the telestrator, it's not going to catch me off guard anymore. But, you know, watching the plays unfold on the field was always very natural to me. I'll tell you the biggest transition, Dan, that I had was, for my whole career watching game film, I would always watch it from behind the offense. So that was my perspective of seeing NFL football forever. And now we sometimes do it from behind the defense. They call it pit, or you do it from like a, a corner sideline where, so you want to talk about the left guard, but now you're doing it from behind the defense. So he's actually on the right. And, you know, so like little things like that, I had to like retrain my brain that, okay, for 14 years, you watched film like this. Well, this isn't film. This is live television, and we're not going to just show the same camera angle for three hours every weekend. So little things like that you get better at. And, uh, you know, my, my team spent a lot of time with me, helping me progress through a lot of those things early on. Let's look at the Lions calls with uh, fourth down. Um, did you agree with the calls and the plays that were called because they you, sometimes you can call the right play, but it doesn't turn out well. But I'm curious from your perspective now 
three days later, did they make the right calls on those fourth down? Yeah, so first and foremost, I think going for it was the right move for, for multiple reasons. And I know this has been like the hot button topic now since the game ended. And we said it very early in the game, right? There's, there's a way to be aggressive in the NFL. There's two ways. You can be aggressive in your play calling, which we didn't think was what they were going to do. I don't think Detroit wanted to come out and throw the ball 50 times and throw it downfield and hold the ball and let that rush. And I think that plays into the teeth of this San Francisco defense. So they ran the ball. We said, hey, lean on your run game, run the ball, run the ball. And, and they did in the first half, especially. But you can be aggressive in your game, in your game strategy, in your game management, right? And that's where Dan Campbell has no one's run more fake punts, no one's converted more, no one's attempted more fourth downs or converted more. That's been his style since he took over three years ago, trying to build this winning culture there. So when you're in a game like that against San Francisco, the best part of your team, if you're Detroit, is your offense. So if you're going to put the burden, if it's a coin flip decision, or it's a, I oh, if I'm Dan Campbell, I don't blame him for always putting the load on his offense. It's the best unit of the team. They scored 31 points and lost. Yeah. The notion that more conservative game management was the answer to score more points, that's just not how the NFL works. So the notion of, hey, just take the points. There's no take the points on 48-yard field goals. These are not gimme chip shots. So I, I think that's where people lose. It's like, hey, 48-yard or just tie the game up. Well, last year in the Super Bowl, we watched Harrison Buckner on fourth and three in the first quarter. Hey, San Francisco, it's 7-7. Just, I mean, uh, Kansas City, uh, go take the lead early. Get the lead. And he doinked it off the left crossbar. He's the best kicker in the league. They thought they were taking the points on fourth and three. And the score... So, like, that's the narrative we have to stop. When the kicker misses it, it's the kicker. When they go for it and they don't make it, it's the coach. We're talking to Greg Olson, uh, NFL on Fox analyst, uh, joining us courtesy of DiGiorno. For more on uh, what he's doing, DiGiornoDoinks.com. Uh, since you play the position, how would you defend Travis Kelsey if you're the 49ers, whether it's their safety or their linebackers? What does he do, and how do you stop what he's doing from your perspective? Man, it's it's hard. You know, what he's doing is unprecedented. And, you know, I've been on record calling his games and said it on broadcast, and it, I think we're starting – I never thought anyone would ever catch Tony Gonzalez from a production standpoint, from a longevity of his career, and what he was able to do was, was pretty remarkable when you saw Tony compared to the, you know, two, three, four guys as far as production and what he was able to accomplish over a long time. I think Kelsey's either arrived already or he's nipping at his heels because he should have had 8,000-yard seasons in a row. He didn't play in the last game. I think he needed like 15 yards. So in essence, he was going to get it. It wasn't that big of a deal to him. His playoff records, I mean, when you're breaking Jerry Rice's records, you're entering a new stratosphere of production in the postseason. But as far as stopping him, I don't I don't know if you're ever gonna like completely shut him down. I, I do think the challenge of Kelsey is he's not running conventional routes that you can really prepare for. It's not, hey, he's gonna run 14 yards and hook a left and he's gonna catch this ball two yards outside the hash mark. So on your zone drops, drop there, right? You're not, because if you drop there, he's gonna stop his route and end somewhere else. Like he's playing improv in the moment, real-time decision route running, and Mahomes sees it the exact same way. So it's very hard. So I 
how I would defend him is I think you got to get on him. I think the more space he has to run and weave and find feel, him and Mahomes are just playing at a different level than maybe anybody ever. So I think you got to get on him. I think you got to reroute him. I think you've got to be at the line of scrimmage, getting them with people behind you to help. I, I don't think this is like, hey, one zone coverage, one concept, one player. This is a group effort, and you have to be really good in critical downs because when it matters the most, Mahomes is throwing him the ball. So you better have an answer for him, and very few teams have. Given your situation uh, at Fox now as a broadcaster, what do you want to do moving forward? I want to call top games. You know, Dan, I, I, I feel, you know, two years ago when, when everything unfolded and, you know, obviously I've known Tom was coming for, you know, over t- you know two years, year and a half, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, you know, that part of it we always knew. It was a matter of when. We didn't know exactly when the timeline. It ended up not coming this past season, which gave me a second year with Kevin in the booth with the A team. But, you know, going forward, my, my goals haven't changed. You know, my goals when I started out calling games with Fox, you know, three years ago, was I aspired to be a top broadcaster. I really thought I could do it. I thought if given the opportunity and the chance, I could show people that I could do it. And I got the opportunity, and Fox was kind enough to give me that. And I think over the last two years, we've really changed the narrative. I think we've changed where, hey, this is just a placeholder. This is yeah. a guy to being like, no, this this guy can do it. So my, my goals and aspirations, if anything, have even gotten more committed to I want to call top games. I want to call games in front of 57 million people and and dive into the biggest moments and why it's happening. And I feel like we've done as good a job as that as anybody in the industry over the last couple of seasons. And where that is, how that is, when that is, I, I don't know, right? There's so many moving parts out of my control. But my goal is to be a top A broadcaster again. And I'm going to do everything in my power to achieve that. And um, that's been the goal that I've laid out since I entered this field upon retirement three years ago. Would you ask for a trade? We're, 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 I'm not really in the business of making demands. You know, I, I'm not sitting here holding anyone's feet to the fire. Fox it understands the position I'm in. They understand what my aspirations are. Um, and, you know, we're not sitting there banging the table and saying, we, we you have to let us, you know, I, I, I'm, we're not in that, we're not doing that. You know, we, we understand what we signed up for. Uh, they understand where I where I am and being at this stage of my career of where I want to go. And I think we're all, we understand the delicate situation that we're in, right? I, <laughs> I, I understand when Tom Brady's looming over your shoulder, it's the biggest news in sports. I get it. He's Tom Brady. He's someone I've respected for, damn, 20 years. Um, so I, I, I understand the, the uniqueness of what's going on. And I feel like we've handled it as well as we could for the last two years. And if I can get another opportunity to call top games at Fox or somewhere else, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. If I put you and Brady in the octagon and the winner gets to call the top games on Fox. <laughs> that'd be quite, that'd be quite the pay-per-view. I, I think Tom stays in better shape. I think he, he works out more than I have. Uh, I'm, my, my men's tennis, my men's tennis clinics on Wednesday <laughs> night. I don't think, uh, I don't think had me quite in fighting shape and I'm not, I'm not fighting Tom Brady. That That's a losing battle. Uh, you're probably not going to win. <laughs> uh, give me the plug that you and Kevin are working on uh, before we say goodbye. Well, you, we, we talked about it earlier with the doink from last year. So, again, for the second year, DiGiorno's got this fun program where if one of the kickers doinks the ball, you know, so for those who don't know, doink is like the ball hits the upright, the crossbar, 
and makes you know makes the doink noise, which there was one last year. The Chiefs kicker Harrison Buckner, um, which again was fourth and three, and he doinked it. So we can leave that there. Um, if you register, you go to Journal Doinks. Register. Uh, you enter. If there's a doink in the Super Bowl, you get a chance to win free pizza and football. The Super Bowl win free pizza. It's a win for everybody, but the kicker, I guess. You did a great job. And you're doing a great job answering these questions. I know that you're getting the same ones over and over, and everybody thinks there's going to be a different answer. So uh, good luck with this. And uh, there's no shame in if you're calling, you know, the second best games on Fox. I mean, you're you're still doing it for a living, and that's really important. But wanting to be better, greater, that's the important part. Uh, You know, that game should not mean less because it's not as important as, you know, that the marquee game. So... Good luck with that as you move forward, and uh, you and Kevin certainly made a wonderful team. Thank you, Greg. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. That's Greg Olson, NFL and Fox analyst, former uh, tight end, went to three Pro Bowls, and uh, first-round pick by the Panthers. Yes, Paul? That was well handled by Greg Olson. Yeah. It was both a confident answer, but using the word, word we often. (laughs) <laughs> you know, like we here's what we, my team, my people. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was very well answered with your question because it's it's a tough situation he's in. Yeah, because you can't say you know I'm better than Tom, and he might be better than Tom. It's better if we say he's yeah, great yes. than if he says he's great. Yeah, but his confidence was great. Yeah, well, he should have that now. You called a game in front of 57 million people. I mean, I handed out a Super Bowl trophy in front of 100 million, but take that. Yeah, yeah. Haven't asked me back though. No. You chose, like Ben Johnson. Yes, I did. I chose not to hand out the Super Bowl trophy because <laughs> your demands were also crazy. Yes, or? yes. Oh. I had crazy demands there. Yeah. Uh, Marcus, Marcus. I only want to hand it to Tom. Yes, he retires. I retire. Yes. If Tom's not playing, I'm not handing out Super Bowl trophy. Uh, hey, Marcus, what's on your mind today? Hey, morning, Dan. First time, long time. Five six one fifty. Ah, uh, that's awesome. Bucket list check. Excellent. Hey, first off, Dan, I've been driving about 70,000 miles a year for about the last 20 years. I cannot say how much I appreciate you, mm. the Dan S, for making the three hours of my drive each day uh, drive go by so quickly. Bless you. Like, Fritzy, I'm scared to death what I'm going to do after you guys are done in a couple of years. So I know uh, I know we're in football season. It's top of mind over the next few weeks, full of pitchers and catchers uh, reporting here. Uh, news of my upstart Orioles getting sold by a group uh, to a group that includes Cal Ripken was music in my ears. Just curious on your take on the change of ownership's impact on success of teams in general, including my Orioles. And again, bless you guys. Appreciate y'all. Hang up and listen. All right. Thank you, Marcus. Safe travels there. Yeah, if Rip's involved in it, I mean, that's wonderful. Get that name recognition. And, you know, I don't know what the Angelos standing was in the community by people cover the team. Uh, but I think having Cal Ripken there can only be a positive. And, you know, they've had some success. You know, they drafted, had some good draft picks here. Still, that's a great uniform, great logo, the Orioles. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. Like, a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app, like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on, or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS, all in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Jackson, NBA on TNT, Clippers analyst, Fox College basketball analyst. Always great to talk to Jim. All right, as a fan, the most heartbreak that you've ever felt in your life was when what happened? Uh, my son missed a shot in the Final Four against Kentucky. Uh, to go to the championship game the first year they went, figure what year it was, with the Wisconsin team with Frank Kaminsky and those guys. That right there was was it. If, and I had to do, you know, it was funny. After the game, I was working for the Big Ten Network, and I had to actually interview him after the game. <laughs> yeah. He's talking about some emotions, man. It was – but, it, I mean, it was a great moment, you know, in regards to capturing the moment, but – you know, I can deal with my disappointment because that's something I can control a little bit more. But when it's your child and you watch that and then that happens, it's it, it's something different, man. Okay, but can you separate yourself from being dad to being a broadcaster doing your job to ask your son about this shot that he missed? Oh, no doubt, because I, I, I covered him from, um, you know, his freshman year. And they and the Big Ten Network actually took me off of his games, but I would do studio. We would do the Big uh, Ten championships, and I would interview him. But I always said this: that whether it's a personal relationship or a child or a sibling, to me, it's if you allow the game to dictate what you talk about, then you don't have an issue. Now you may be able to provide a little bit more insight on a particular player because you have more personal knowledge. But as long as you let the game dictate what you talk about and not make it personal, 
<clears throat> I don't really see it. I, I never had an issue with it. I wonder if the NBA has a scoring problem. That there's too much mean, like, scoring. Too much? Yeah. <laughs> Is it possible to have too much scoring in the NBA? No, I mean, you had that in the 70s. You had some high scoring, you know, going on in the 70s. So, and I think um, I think it's the rules itself. Even in the 70s, it was physical, but guys scored the ball. I mean, that was I think that was the difference. The rules were a little bit, a lot different in regards to the physicality. But yet there were outlier teams like the Denver Nuggets, Phoenix Suns, uh, back in those days uh, that would score a lot of points. Okay, um, today, you know, David Stern late Adam Silver late nineties, you know, talked about it about Kevin Garnett talked about, you know, what Steph does that they needed to change it up a little bit more freedom of movement, and now I think it's gone. We, we've gone to a point where it was not enough freedom of movement to way over the arch a little bit more to now. As if you want a defensive player, a guy that really wants to make a name for himself. It's tough to do that in the league today because of the rules. Yeah, nobody's really locking somebody down. It used to be like Gary Payton was the glove. Yeah. I mean, nobody comes in and, like, they have a nickname like that. Well, no, because it's, you know, then it, was, it wasn't as much in regards to switching defenses because size did matter in regards to those switches, Okay. When you played the pick and roll, you got over the top. You trapped it a little bit. Big guy got back. Um, you didn't switch small to big a lot. Maybe guard to guard sometimes. Forward to guard a little bit. But for the most part, you really did play a little bit more one-on-one -on -one defense with an individual. And trust me, I know I had to guard Michael Jordan a lot, so that wasn't always fun. But it was a challenge, you know, especially against some of the better players in the league that, for the majority of the game, you were to get an opportunity to match up against them. Now it's so easy when the screen comes, oh, just switch it. Yeah. Just, just switch it. And you don't get penalized sometimes for it. Now, teams will try to identify the weakest link in the defense, but then the way the rules are, too, with the switching, a little bit of zone defense, you can shift over a little bit more and kind of take that away at some point, sometimes, not all the time. I don't know if you heard Jason Kidd talking about Luka Doncic, that he's already better than Dirk, and you can put him in the atmosphere with Kobe and LeBron and Michael. Talent-wise. Talent-wise. Scoring. That's what you say. Yeah, scoring. Not from a, from a winning perspective. Now, again, it took Mike, you know, six years, seven years, eight, whatever, eight years to be able to really start to win and win big. Yeah. We forget about that. Dirk a little bit later. Dirk was a late bloomer in regards to his body. And, again, the, the game was more physical. He played on the post a little bit more as his career progressed. Remember, Dan, that's when he started to move out a little bit more, play on the wing, play on the free throw line extended. Um, so that's the difference. Kobe had to go through his learning process early. Okay, The, the only person like LeBron and Michael, when he first came in the league, he was able to go. Kobe wasn't able to go. You know, he had to learn it. He had to go through that Utah series yeah. when he shot the air ball. He had to go through that. Luka came right in and, and, and was kind of anointed, which from his perspective, he was talented enough to be able to do that at 18 years old. Dirk wasn't at that time. 
when he came into the league. So I can see the comparison is why at this stage of their career, yes, I would I would agree with that. Yeah, I just wonder why why put that out there that you're now you're putting in him in. I, I know as the coach you want to compliment your player. Yeah. I think there's enough pressure on Luca because he's gonna to get to that point just like Embiid. Hey, you know, Embiid's won these MVPs, you haven't won a title. We did that to the Joker. Hey, you won MVPs, you didn't win a title. Now he's won a title. Giannis, we did that to him. Luca's next in line too, where we're gonna go, okay. You're getting 73 in a game, but is your team going to be playing for a championship anytime soon? Well, let me ask you this, Dan. What, how was the question posed, and why did Jason talk about that? I mean, I think context is key with that, too. I don't know what the question was, but... Yeah. Uh, if, I, I, don't, I don't know if Jason just offered that. Let's, it had to be some contextual background to why that he gave that answer at yeah. that time. Uh, I, we'll see if uh, we can find what that question was. We're talking to Jim Jackson, NBA on TNT, Clippers analyst here. But, you know, 70 points in a game, it's not that big a deal anymore. No, it's not. It's, you know, now, you, you can't take that away from an individual because you still got to make some baskets. You still got to get to the free throw. Like you still got to do all those little things to be able to score the ball. But if that was, let's say, 2002, and you scored 73, I mean, it would be everywhere. It would. But now when you have 73, and then you have Devin Booker scoring 62 in the same night, <laughs> kind of what happened, who was it, when Embiid scored 70, and Carlton Town scored 62, 63. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. But, it, and again, as a basketball player, you don't want to take away from the individual what he did. But the game allows – it's like right now, you're a big football fan. Back in the day, you don't think Joe Montana, uh, those Troy Aikman wanted to pass the ball 30 times, 40 times? Think about their career numbers and where they would be. Yeah. So that's why when I get into comparing numbers and, and stats, it's skewed because Larry Bird shot one or two three-pointers a game. Compared to Steph, and that's not taking anything away from Steph, but you got to put it in context. He's taking eight, nine, ten a game, so his numbers are going to be extremely higher in regards to makes and attempts. So that's why it's a little bit tougher. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who is the most unguardable player in the NBA right now? The most unguardable, Embiid. Okay. And I say Embiid from Jokic's perspective, he. Jokic and Embiid, from from a different perspective, Jokic doesn't hunt shots. He just beats you. And I think Michael Malone and the Nuggets do an outstanding job of moving him around the board like a chess piece. So you just can't say, okay, we're going to take him away from the right block or left block or put him at the elbow. He's everywhere. He'll bring it up the court, you know, and then make a play. So stopping him from doing what? Being very effective, not just scoring. See, sometimes Embiid struggles when we get into the playoffs, scoring-wise. They put a smaller guy on him. Why? Because now when you come to help, it's a big that comes to help. So that double team is different. With Jokic, I don't care what you do. He can beat you by having the triple-double and only have 18 points. That, to me, is unguardable because you can't take away everything that makes he and his team so effective. Okay, but the most unstoppable scorer that this guy could put up 81 points in a game. Oh, Embiid, you can't stop him. Okay. You can 
You cannot stop MB. If he wants to get to a spot, if he wants to post you up, he's going to get to the free throw. You can't. It's it's no physical matchup in the league that can take away if he's really determined if he wants to put the ball in the hoop. Nobody. Because he, unlike Giannis, he can step out and knock down a three, shooting like 37% from three-point line. He shoots plus 80% from the free throw line. Well, I mean, what are you going to take away? If he's really determined and the team is really determined to get him the ball, what are you going to do? I mean, that's you can't stop it. LeBron had an interesting comment after last night's loss. And uh, you think I'll let you, I'll let you, <laughs> I'll let you hear it. I, what is he saying in this passive aggressive message? We could on any given night beat any team in the NBA, and then on any given night we get our ass kicked by any team in the NBA. That's just the what's our record? One, one game under 500 is what we've seen. Under 500, one game under 500, yeah, 24 25. That's where we are, okay. Who is he sending that message to, Jim? Um, I like the point. He said, "What's our record?" He already knew it, it was a it was a rhetorical question. Then he gave him the answer right after the twenty four twenty. He already knew the answer. You know what I mean? It's like it's it's and this is what I caution always though: digging into a mind of a player and what they actually think because it's so different, especially that caliber of player yeah. on everything that he's been through. And I caution people a lot of times because you think they mean one thing and they're saying something else. Now, LeBron is great at giving subliminal messages okay, across the board. We know that throughout the course of his career. So there's a history there. And sometimes you're sitting back, okay, what does he? what is he really trying to say yeah. without saying it? You know, Kobe would just say it. He'll tell you. Okay, this, is, this is what I'm saying. Mike was like that in some ways. Charles was like that. Charles would tell you in a heartbeat. You remember that. That's why he's so so good on TNT and TV. LeBron is a little bit different. I don't know if he was saying it from that. It is truth in that. On like you know, they beat us with the Clippers twice. Okay, you can beat some of the best teams like they did Golden State. That double overtime was fantastic. But then you come back and lose. But I think that goes to the inconsistency of the team and the roster too on where they're at at this particular place of the season. He's probably frustrated about it, too. Do you think he ends his career with the Lakers? Well, I thought he would end his career in Cleveland. I mean, what do I know? You know, from that perspective, because of what he, you know, valued the most in regards to Cleveland. And, again, that's why I it's hard for me because at that elite level, Dan, we, we don't see that a lot. I mean, I don't care if it's football, baseball, hockey, basketball, whatever it is, track and field, uh, Olympic sports, they think different, man. It's a different mindset. And for him to be able to perform the way he's performing at this age and leaving a legacy, would I be surprised? No. Mm. But there's only, I think, as he gets deeper into closer to 40, you got a limited amount of teams that really would take on LeBron James because of the gravity that he brings, and now he's an older player. That was when he was 33, different story. The market is not going to be the same for 40-year-old LeBron James as it is for a 33. It's like Bill Belichick factoring in his age oh. and what he would want, and it scares it scares away teams, I believe. 
and LeBron were, were was probably you, scared too. Were you so? Were you? Did you think the market for Bill Belichick was robust when that happened with New England, or did you say to yourself, "You really don't have a lot of options"? What, what did you think? I didn't think that he would only have one interview, but I think he focused on the Falcons, and that's where he knew that he had a team that had underachieved, and he he could make them better quicker. I didn't think the other teams. I thought Washington might interview him, uh, yeah. just because he grew up in the proximity, you know, Annapolis, Maryland. Uh, that that might be it. But you know, it's like Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel's probably not going to get a job, and he's a really good coach. Pete Carroll is not going to get a job this year. It's just, yep. you know, we're we're seeing. I mean, this all happened, and you throw in Nick Saban. I could just, it was such a crazy week or two where these coaches were getting fired, not hired, or retiring, and they may not get hired anytime soon. Well, I mean, with Bill, too, you think about it. Cleveland fired, not successful, but you got to New England, you had a great owner, you drafted great. Tom Brady ended up being one of the greatest quarterbacks, maybe the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. So, that worked perfectly for that time period. And you know, as you age out in sports, boy, that's age out in business. The reason why they put retirements in for a certain, at a certain period of time, your market value is not the same. And it's unfortunate, but did Bill want more control too, from the front office perspective? Maybe Atlanta was a team he looked at and said, not only, could I have control from a coaching perspective, but in the front office also have that control. And a lot of teams I know weren't willing, just talking to a lot of football guys I know, weren't willing to give that up. Oh, there's no question. There's no question that he would want to go in and be Bill Belichick and run, run the organization. And, you know, I think that's where these other, you know, franchises probably didn't want to, they weren't entertaining that either. So I don't know. I think he takes one year off, does TV, and then maybe you get you know, Philadelphia. You know, they fire their head coach Nick Sirianni if they don't meet the you know, mm-hmm. go to the conference title game. If the Cowboys don't go to the conference title game, Mike McCarthy's last year. I could see that. Before I let you go, here was the question: How much of that performance by Luca was a reaction to the criticism he got after the Suns game, the thing with the fan, or was it just one of those crazy wild nights? So, I would say I would say a combination because Luke Luke is sensitive from from the perspective of he listen. You got rabbit ears. You hear and see everything today. You can't you in today's world with social media and everything. You can't get away with. Don't don't say that you don't listen. You don't. I don't know. It's impossible. It is whether that's somebody telling you that or you pop open a, your X feed or Instagram, whatever it may be. You're gonna hear it. Local, what whatever it is. So whether that the fuel to the fire was the fact that now it's a lot easier for players to get fans ejected. Back when we were playing, we had hecklers all the time. Remember Robert? Uh, what was Robert? Their attorney's name in D.C. Oh, what Robin, was Robert? Robin Ficker. 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 Oh, he would sit right behind the bed. It was now he wouldn't say anything racial, but he was classic, and you couldn't get rid of him until something happened. It was one in Cleveland. I think it was one in Detroit. It was un I mean unreal. I mean unbelievable. Okay, but how uh, personal are they getting with you? No, nah, I mean one time I mean Grim Buckner drawing up a play and he's in the back. He said, Emmy Jackson, 
Amal Masburn, Ace and Kid. I don't know why you're playing. None of y'all got any J's. I mean, say, <laughs> say, say something like that. But, and he will hold up a chalkboard behind. Don't listen to him. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Oh you know, just and then at some point you look forward to actually seeing and listening <laughs> to what he's going to say. But, you know, I think Luca, he's at that point of his career, too, where the Mavericks have been in between. They got to Western Conference Finals, okay? Can you get over the top? Yeah. And it seems like we don't talk about Dallas, but because of the roster construction, especially in the Western Conference, it makes it more difficult to put him in that conversation because he hasn't won yet. But he's been to the Western Conference Finals. It's great to talk to you as always. Always, man. Hey, listen, can you send me some of that, that concoction? You, you want got some right moonshine? That, that peppermint bark, you don't get that in Zanesville, bro. That no. don't you don't it don't grow there. Bro. I'm uh I'm I'm maybe salted caramel. Give you some of that. <laughs> no, wasn't no. that your Can nickname? Was that your nickname at Ohio State? Salted caramel? Not salted caramel. I'm close though. <laughs> it was listen, but you make sure I compare it with a nice cigar. You got to make sure oh. I compare it with a nice cigar. If I could do that, moonshine it is. Well, maybe I'll send it to Jordan, too, because he loves his cigars as well. Did you ever have a cigar with Jordan? Think I didn't? Oh, man. That's how how I got into cigars. Oh, okay. Because Mike? Because Ron Harper, during their second three-peat, I used to go to Chicago with him, and they would do it. You know Mike used to smoke on the way to the game. In in his Ferrari? Which one? Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing Mike uh, pull up, you know, at the Chicago Stadium in his car, uh-huh. and uh, and he would get out and he would have a cigar going. He'd be yeah, having a cigar, suit, on, suit on, having a cigar. Um, Must be nice, bro. Yeah, yeah, living the life. <laughs> uh, thank you, buddy. Good to talk to you again. Always, man. That's Jim Jackson, NBA on TNT, Clippers analyst and Fox College basketball analyst. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. The boundlessly capable all-electric EQS SUV from Mercedes-Benz with available transparent hood technology. So advanced, it can see through sheet metal. The vehicle's all-electric. The feeling is all Mercedes. Learn more at mbusa.com EQS SUV.